0: Welcome to the Gal's Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Leah and I am joined by Bonnie, Katie, and Eden talking about our one cool African gal. Now, Bonnie already talked about Wangari Matai, sweet, hence the long pause, Um, (laughs) and Eden already talked about Queen Nzinga, sweet, and then Katie talked about Chimanda, or Chimamanda? Chimamanda. Because there's the strong Chim in there, the Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Oh, oh, you look at me and I look at Eden I know exactly <laughs> Everybody? yeah. do we have any kind of the pronouncer of all names <laughs> <Eden>. <laughs> names are hard but we got this we got this but before we dive back in let's get to know something random about our gal pal so I have a super geeky question because it is obvious that Wakanda exists you guys had a cue <laughs> Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. all right there we go okay so because the u.s <laughs> government listed it as a world trade partner uh suri has mad science skills like she makes necklaces into super suits right she also has hand cannons with panthers on them uh so what tech do you think wakanda has already invented but it's being hidden behind its invisibility cloak technology question technology technology
1: <laughs> how about i start <laughs> yeah i know mine Do i don't it. want y'all to,
0: to steal it
1: exactly yes <laughs> i think they have figured out a way yeah. to have a um like something that looks like a hearing aid okay but it's a universal tr- language translator Ooh, that's good. that way when we People talk to, to you yeah. in their language. I mean, hello, we've got Google Translate. Like, right. we can't stick that sucker in our ear, in ear. Yep, exactly. you know, and carry it around with us Yeah, and
0: blah, blah, blah. I've seen little um, uh, handheld devices yes. where it's like speak into it and then exactly. it translates it to you. So there's so got a a, And I'm sure there's an app for
1: that because there's right. an app for everything. Of course. <laughs> you know, so I'm thinking Miss Shuri has a universal translator and she's Sweet. being stingy with exactly. it exactly could,
0: could they be earrings though like, something Ooh. glamorous i actually like
1: the earring idea because yeah. that was one thing she uh, had on uh the earrings and they those were her I didn't part know of her that actually yeah she did something with the earrings gotcha there you go but uh but uh, i think she just not, knew not a lot that there's of there's a problem with
0: hearing aids right, just right, Exactly. The Glamour and Adventure. I'm going on James right. Bond because I've never seen this movie. <laughs> okay, so we're going to sit down <laughs> okay. to watch Black Panther together. Cause yes.
1: sorry um, They have a they're lot so of technology. They do. And, and they're, clo- they're a cloaked um, Society. It's location. Like, mm. It's like a bubble where yeah, nobody so knows the, how nobody, cool they it, are. People just think it's a forest when really it's a thriving community and they've stayed hidden. And they, they have lots and they of cool tech. They uh, Vibranium. Yes, they've the strongest yes. metal money. in the world. Sag, exactly. like yeah. you'd like it. Oh, I know,
0: I know. I just, I... she's like, Oh, and their king is a superhero,
1: so yeah. how can you go wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty awesome. And they're like, like cats, yeah, they're all kitties, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Crap, that's gonna be sidebound <laughs> now. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm just gonna go then with cat ears that shoot lasers. Ooh, I don't know lasers. if that's lame, but. It's like a little I Austin mean, Powers, I, I uh, lasers with freaking laser beams be- from the top yeah. of their heads. Yes. I, I like want it. a shark <laughs> with freaking laser beams on it. Yes. I, yes. I want laser beam cats. So there you go. I like it. Can that's see? all I got, guys. Sorry. There you go. The I have seen it on the internet. out of
1: their jumblies. Yes. Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> the fembots. Yes. I kind of like that too, though. Yes, exactly. No Why not? Both? <laughs> I, I wish mine shot bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> that would be kind of fun, actually.
0: Yeah. Give new meaning
1: uh to the concept of a bullet bra. Ah, there it (laughs) is. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh.
0: Technology. So, so I have two because I'm not yeah. sure if one one may not be politically correct. <laughs> all right. But my my. I don't that, think we're a proper jury for that now. My, <laughs> my one that you may have to take out of the show notes once it comes out of my okay. mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Is uh is is they know why I like black don't crack like they have the formula. Oh my like, girl. Why we <laughs> all know so why straight. black don't crack
1: <laughs> <laughs> that that is not a Wakanda <laughs> a, 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 a Wakanda, Wakanda, Wakanda secret no. Nope. <laughs> uh. Everybody on this planet. They've just been keeping it from you. We have. <laughs> my my safe one. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking holograms. Why do we not have holograms oh,
0: yet? Yeah, true. Like help We've help we help been watching help Star be. Trek
1: and I'm like, why do we not have holograms yet? You know what? That's true. I need to go... E- Forget escape room. (laughs) I want the escape from reality room. Okay. I want to be able to go (laughs) and like I want to be able to have the hologram where I'm living in Wakanda. Right. You know, and like he's my man.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Type into a program and he's mine. Right. (laughs) Can I
1: just be Nakia for a minute? Okay.
0: except with less resistance because she's a little resistant this is (laughs) true this is true i think it would be
1: fantastic (laughs) but
0: yes i agree hologram rooms i like it what's yours leah oh man um i wanted to say flying cars because for some odd reason it has always captured my imagination from a little kid or it's like where's our freaking flying cars i was told to get ready for flying cars when that? I was an adult. If you watch <laughs> Back to the Future too, Right. Which exactly. takes which plenty. I We've already times. passed yeah. the year. Correct. We're flying cars thing yes. But no, the they're Jetsons not here. was supposed to be like 2005 or something. Yes. Right. Exactly. So I feel like they have that. I mean, they do have like the little hovercrafts like already in the movie yes. and things like that. So um, I think they have flying cars. And I think maybe... Uh, they have already deemed them to be unsafe at any speed and that we are not <laughs> responsible <laughs> enough for flying cars. And so they're like, yeah, no, we did that and didn't turn out well. Yeah. So we have regular cars. I something yeah. where
1: people have already like prepaid for flying cars. Oh. Like they've, they've already bought like their Tesla flying car. Right. Um. But they're like, they're wondering how they're going to police flying cars. Yes,
0: because it's airspace. Yeah. They're yeah. like, we don't... We can't release them because we don't (laughs) have the police force. But that's (laughs) where you get the space
1: force. Is that what they're
0: going to be in charge of? Because mm, I have no idea. You mean that Star Trek logo? Yes. (laughs) Because I've seen that before. Looks a little familiar. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, you want to know my one cool lady? Yes. Yes. Sweet. So uh, my one cool gal is known as Mama Africa. She was a singer in the 1950s to her death in 2008. Uh, she was the most prominent African performer in the 20th century, according Ooh. to Britannica. Um nice. And then also just me. Uh, she brought... <laughs> She brought African music, language, and truth to the world. Yet she was banned from South Africa for over thirty years. So, oh wow! My girl is Miriam Makeba. Have yes. you ever heard? Yes. You heard of Miriam Makeba? Yes. McCabe? I have one of her CDs. She has like many of them. But yes. There, here you go. There is Miriam Makeba. Uh, she is a musical journey. Are you ready for this? Yes. It is too fun. All right. So she was born in Johannesburg in South Africa. Uh, her mother was Swazi and her father was, I'm going to try to do it. Hosa. Hosa. There you go. With the click, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, Ooh. oh, yes. Uh, so Miriam was 18 days old when she was sent to prison. What? Uh-huh. Get this. So Miriam's mother, Christina McCabe, uh brewed corn beer and it was illegal for black people to drink and especially to make alcohol. And so Christine was arrested and her infant child went with her to mm. prison for six months. <laughs> right. That's a way to kind of start your life. So the Serpent first time wow. early six months. Mm. Mu- yeah, yeah. And her mom said, be careful, because if you start here, you're going to be back here many, many times. <laughs> so now Miriam was born uh, before the powers at be started calling it apartheid. But it was very much what was becoming apartheid. Yes. It just didn't have its little name on it yet. Yes. But it was strict and unjust laws that were already in place in before the 1940s when apartheid like officially started. Um, things got unbelievably worse when apartheid started. Uh, some examples are interracial relations were completely banned. Uh, movement was very limited. Uh, education and segregation... Also, education of Black students was extremely limited on what they were even allowed to learn if they were allowed to go to school. Uh, Where you lived was subject to the color of your skin and the variation of your skin. Yes. It got just really specific. But South Africa became a terrible prison, basically. Mm -hmm. It was just absolutely terrible. Uh, In this world, Miriam's outlet was singing. That's how she tried to survive within this. Uh, She started singing professionally in 1954. Uh, She joined a few bands before becoming the lead singer of a very extremely popular band called the Manhattan Brothers. They were really popular in South Africa at the time. She toured with them all around Africa. Uh, one night they met up with a documentary filmmaker. So of course I'm like, oh, documentaries, (laughs) um, Lionel Rosen from New York was making a documentary called come back Africa. And he was featuring music around the area and in different regions. And he had Miriam sing a few songs in the documentary. Uh, well, the documentary went to film festivals and one of them was the Venice film festival. And she's like, I want to go. So she went The film either won an award or just got a lot of buzz from it. Mm -hmm. So the government found out that this film existed (laughs) and the government wasn't aware that there was filming that happened about their country. And so not only did they ban the New York filmmaker, no big deal, but they banned Miriam from being in the movie. Uh, She was in Venice at the time and was not allowed to return back home. Uh, now, unfortunately, that meant that her mother was there and her newly born daughter were also still in the country. So she was trapped without being able to get back. Uh, so she did end up getting her daughter Bongai out of the country. She was able to do that. She was not able to get her mother out of the country. Um, Bongai, her daughter, actually would later end up writing songs for Miriam. Mm -hmm. Um, she actually wrote some of her more, uh, famous songs or I would say the songs that Miriam loved more Uh (laughs) were the songs that her daughter wrote because she sang them more frequently at concerts and stuff like that. Um, But Miriam's father had died when she was six years old. So he had already passed on before her exile. Uh, Miriam's mother would die within the first year of her exile. And it was extremely hard on her to not Mm -hmm. be able to be there for her mother and then also not for her funeral to have that closure. Um, Miriam did not sing about political music until her mother died. That was basically like, oh, screw this. (laughs) Now I'm speaking about apartheid. Now I'm speaking about exile. Uh, Now I'm getting political about it. But she always said, and I saw this so many times in interviews that I was listening to, uh, she said, I don't sing political songs. I sing the truth. Mm. And I love that. Because that's an answer without being an answer. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, she settled into uh, America thanks to the village vanguard in New York and the documentary filmmaker um, that you could say got her kicked out of the country. But also at the same time, like, you know what I mean, was able to showcase her amazing talent, too. Mm -hmm. So to get her a job. Um, But also she settled in America because of Harry Belafonte. Nice. Have you heard the name before, Harry Belafonte? Yes. See, kind of sort. All right, I will let you know. Uh, so, Harry <laughs> Belafonte, because I'm always on the fence on Harry Belafonte. Let me tell you, he's the one that sings "Deo," you know, yeah. the song "Deo" yeah. the, from Beetlejuice. If that yeah. helps, yes. <laughs> Uh, But Harry Belafonte, he introduced the Western world to Miriam Makeba. The duo actually had an album together and they won a Grammy in 1965. The album was called An Evening with Belafonte and Makeba. And this actually made her the very first South African to ever win a Grammy
1: oh wow yeah
0: right (laughs) so I loved it uh she also appeared on the Ed Sullivan show Mm -hmm. so she was like major uh because apparently that's like the the stepping stone for musicians Mm -hmm. were you on Ed Sullivan okay that's what it is uh Miriam even uh sorry Harry actually took Miriam around the world to introduce her to uh to the world as and she was singing African songs she was singing Zulu and she was singing Kosa songs um which was Actually, extremely lovely because it's like, no, 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 these are the native songs. She wanted you to hear them exactly how they were. She also hung out with name drop warning about to happen in three, two, one. Okay. Cindy Portier, Nina Simone, Cicely Tyson, Marlon Brando, and Ray Charles. These were like her neighbors, these were like her best friends, these were like people she was always photographed nice. with. So, yes, she was in very, very good company and interesting. Yes. Like, I would like to be a fly on the wall <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and listen to any and all of these conversations. Uh, she was married to Hugh Masakela for a while. He was also an African singer. They had a wonderful marriage, but they always described themselves better as brothers and sisters. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't really a romantic marriage. It was just like, no, we get along and we like each other. Yeah. So they didn't. I think it only the marriage only lasts like two years. But they're always together and they're always like performing together. They have right. no problems, no animosity and stuff like that. Uh, the documentary that I watched on Amazon has Hume Sakela in it quite a bit. And he's, you know, he's talking about her like that's my sister. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, oh, that's right. I keep forgetting these two were married <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for a while. Uh, so Miriam got really political with her songs, but also with her actions too. So she put her money where her mouth was. She testified at the United Nations uh on and actually asked the united nations for an arms embargo against south africa Uh. because those weapons would be used to kill her people women and children Mm -hmm. she's like don't sell them guns yes (laughs) that will teach them um and it was a strongly worded address to the united nations and guess what? South Africa didn't like that, so they banned her a second time. <laughs> double banned. You're double banned. Double banned. Okay. Because <laughs> but that's proven she's not something. even
1: going there. Correct. So uh, you already banned her, so now you're going to like crank up the ban of a place she's not uh-huh. going
0: to anyway? Right. I think they, uh, what was it? The first time they said, you can't return. And then I think the second time they um, revoked her citizenship, which made her passport. Okay. So he got more severe. But really, technically, it's just a s- more severe ban ban yes (laughs) but she was already banned uh they also banned her records from being sold or played uh in south africa Mm -hmm. as well Uh so that just means it goes underground (laughs) and it just makes her even more famous so yes yes uh she met very she met many political leaders at the time she was very much on the political circuit as well as civil rights leaders one of them was stokey carmichael nice yes and so uh the i have stokey carmichael's book black power i always very proud of my Stokey Carmichael book. Uh, so this is a uh, Stokey Carmichael. He's the one who coined the phrase black power. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's the one that made it infamous basically with this book and his speeches around the world too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love him. He was an original freedom writer. Uh, He was mentored by Ella Baker and we have a Mm -hmm. uh, year Gal Friday on Ella Baker. So please listen into that. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, Stokey was also a chairman of SNCC, the student nonviolent coordinating committee. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was right after John Lewis. So if you know John Lewis, Mm -hmm. the senator who was in SNCC, it was Stokey was like right next to was the next one in line. Uh, Stokey was also an honorary prime minister of the Black Panther Party (laughs) He was honorary because uh, Huey P. Newton, who started the Black yes. Panthers, he was arrested. He needed some money, you know, to get out of jail and for the trial. And Stokie helped raise money yeah. and awareness. He was not really in the party. I mean, Stokey was for Stokey. <laughs> yeah. But he helped out and supported. Um, and they were very much kind of like of the same yeah. same mind and the same mission. Um, so Stokey was, uh, he was very vocal. He had a wonderful ability to piss people off. <laughs> Sometimes it was the right people to piss off. Other times it was not the right people to piss off. It was very delicate. Well, in 1969, the reason why I bring them up so much is Miriam and Stokely got married. Um, This unfortunately made her career in decline because of her association with Stokey. Uh, American radio started boycotting her music. Dang. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Concerts started being canceled. And the world got really, really stupid between the two of them. Uh, Miriam never blamed Stokey, uh, but she said that other people do blame him. And she said in an interview, he had his mind and I had mine. So they were not necessarily of the same political views, but it was very hard to, like, separate them out. And people just got weird and scared. Uh, The couple was welcomed into Guinea by the president of the country, and they set up home. Because they were really, like country after country is like don't come here don't perform here don't come here don't settle here like it was almost like another version of exile all over again but in guinea they set up a lovely home and they were married for 10 years so i mean it lasted a long time um but eventually they did get divorced and separated (laughs) uh but when nelson mandela was released from prison He encouraged Miriam to return back home, (laughs) Mm. come back home to South Africa, to to South Africa. Uh, She never lost faith in the fact that she would return one day. She said that's what got her through. She just always had to believe that one day she'd be able to come home. She didn't know when, but one day on the very first day that she came back, she visited her mother's grave. Mm -hmm. So she sat right there. She said she kind of like laid on the grave like her mother was cuddling her and she asked for forgiveness for not being there when she died and it was heartbreaking. Um, but in 1991, shortly after returning to South Africa, she put on a huge concert and she reintroduced herself to the people. Some would say she introduced herself, but her music was underground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knew who she was. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So yeah. Cause anytime a record is banned, it means that people want to hear it more and that they share it with more people. Cause it's like, this is not something yep. you're supposed to know about. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it was amazing. Um, but she became like the role model, especially for African women singers, right after. Like she was the generational like, okay, I want <clears throat> to be a singer. I want to be a Now I want to be Miriam Makeba. Now I want to yeah. be Mama Africa. Um, so one of my favorites is Angelique Kijo. I love her. I think she's amazing. Uh, she was almost my pick for my one cool African gal. But I actually like she's still alive. She's still building a legacy. She's still like working on stuff. And also her book is really hard to get. It's like $90 on Amazon right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like, I want to get it and maybe I'll find it at a used book sale. But she's amazing. But Angelica always says that her role model was Miriam. So I kind of wanted to like start at the beginning. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to learn about her role model, who I was aware of because of Paul Simon, <laughs> which I will get into <laughs> in a second. Uh but uh also for Angelic cuz I just want to give her a wonderful shout out is she was on Jimmy Kimball and she did a version of Talking Heads once in a lifetime
1: oh my god with an
0: african rhythm to it <gasps> and it's phenomenal i'll put it in the show notes and i'll send it to you guys like directly but it's oh, like nice. it's such a You can't help but start dancing to it. It's Mm. really, It's infectious. And that's Angelique Joe. So, all right. Back to Miriam. So she released 30 albums, 30 original albums of content and 19 different compilations. This one that I have on the table is actually a compilation of her Mm. stuff throughout time and things like that. But she was not on Paul Simon's Graceland album. But she was on the African concert that he did. So uh, Paul Simon did a uh, African, free South African mm-hmm. uh, concert while Miriam was still in exile, while he guess Kayla was still in mm-hmm. exile. Um, and it was like right on the, are they going to let men- Nelson Mandela out kind of like yeah. thing, sort of thing. Um, but she was on stage and she sang with Paul Simon under African Skies. She also did a solo Solowetto Blues and the Retreat song. And she went on tour with Paul Simon as well. So she's not on the Graceland album. People are going to be like, "She's where is she on the Graceland? No. The song she sings with Paul Simon, uh, Linda Ronstadt sings Under African Skies. Not really a great political thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's dumb. <sighs> um, but Miriam's biggest hit was a dance song called "Pata Pata," which is the, one of the most infectious songs and is still stuck in my head all the time. It's an adorable song. Uh, Miriam said in an interview she would have preferred that any other song would have been her most popular because that one was just a dance. It didn't have any meaning. Like it was like we do this dance, pata pata, and she's like, "It's there's nothing there. <laughs> oh, wow. There's no but it's totally catchy." Um, And ironically, it sounds very much like the Deo Banana Boat song Uh by Harry Belafonte. Mm -hmm. And even though Miriam had been singing Pata Pata since the early, like, 1950s, Harry's like, you have to do this song on this album as your big introduction to Western music. And they had such a big fight over it that after it was released, they kind of separated and had nothing to do with each other. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And when I heard the version, it, it sounds very much like Harry Belafonte's Deo. and I think that's kind of what it was. And he's like, "No, you've got to have a you know catchy dance song that everybody just wants to dance to." And she's like, "I wanted to say something," mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of where the 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 fight or the rift happened, if you will, between the two of them. But if you
1: think about it, yeah, the the Africans that were sent to the Americas. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to the United States, but to the islands right. and South America. Yeah, they were sent there, um, and they because they were in a small place, because it's an island, right? Or whatever, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There was more communication mm-hmm. and whatever, so a lot of times they they were able, better able to hang on to their Africanness, right? Right. In a way that people that came to what is now the United States. They couldn't do that because it's too spread out. Exactly. You know, and a lot of times they came to to the United States from one of these islands. So the the deck, as they say, was much more shuffled. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so... If you think about the fact that Harry Belafonte, he's got these African roots mm-hmm. on an island. Right. And then she's, you know, the music is going to have a similarity. Right. Yes,
0: exactly. But I can understand why. Yeah.
1: It's just a dance song. I know. Can't we make the other
0: one like the big it's hit? It's like cultural and it's no. also a freaking adorable song. Yeah. So it's like, I'm kind of like, I, I, we need the song. yeah, <laughs> Exactly. Well, Mama Africa, Miriam Makeba, she toured until her very last day on earth. She was in Italy doing a concert in 2008. She left the stage and collapsed with a heart attack. Mm. So on the stage singing until her very last day. Um, her wow. ashes were spread. I love the story. Her ashes were spread over uh, where the two oceans meet to kind of embody her exile the the people that she learned and met while she was in exile and her home of africa she said she wanted to be able to find her mother and she wanted to be able to find her daughter who unfortunately died before her so i thought it was just so absolutely amazing she also said she wanted to be able to meet everybody she had ever met in her entire life and to be in the middle of these two oceans was the best place for it so i was like awesome So she's sang in multiple African languages. This is where I learned that there was more than 2,000 yeah. African mm-hmm. languages. Um, and she would do it, too, where she would go and do a concert. And she would be like, what's your, what's your Native folk song? You know what I mean? And teach me the song. Because she actually learned English first by singing English 1950s songs and not knowing what they meant. Yeah. So she's like, just teach me the song. And then later she would learn the language as well. But she wanted everybody to feel seen and to feel appreciated and to spread the joy and hope and tradition um, as well as sadness and, you know what I mean, and heartbreak and that sort of thing. So uh, she was a powerful force. She was a guiding light. And the documentary that is on Amazon Prime is called Mama Africa, Miriam McCabe. So, And it's, it's free because if you have Prime. So I highly mm, recommend it. Cool. It's the baseline for my information besides listening to a crap ton of really good music. Because <laughs> that is always fun. So I highly recommend that one and checking out her music and I'll put music in show notes because it's always weird talking about a singer and be like, yeah, I can't play anything. Do with it. <laughs> So, have you ever seen her perform before? Did you? Like, I have
1: seen clips gotcha. of her performances. Uh, I've known about her for uh, at least my adult life.
0: Right. I feel bad. It's been since Paul Simon. I mean, like Paul Simon. <laughs> it always makes me feel bad. I'm like, I didn't need a white savior to like teach me about Mama Africa, but that's the way it happened. Well, okay.
1: <laughs> so sometimes I know we like we might like to think of him in that moment as a white savior, but sometimes was, it's about yeah. Who has the power yeah. to get, mm. to bridge the gap. Exa- he between, brought it to more yes. people's awareness. And, and so, so that there's, has There's more, a thankfulness for that. Right. Yes. And so I think of that not so much as white savior. I know, but
0: I feel like I it, have it, to call it, it a I know, little. Like, I don't want to ignore think, it. <laughs> right. But I think of
1: that more like, here's a. Appreciation. here Here's a, a fellow musician from her perspective. Yeah. And a well-known, established white celebrity yeah who has connections who, ha- who is using his privilege
0: yes exactly for good for and awareness. so yeah. if
1: you're using your privilege it's yep. not quite the same as white savior i know exactly but i get where there's you're like, going with there's that. like
0: a toe in it yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah so just a little bit but because in a lot of ways so is harry belafonte yes, just exactly. from a
1: previous yeah. um generation yeah absolutely I mean, yeah know.
0: so yeah so that's why it's always like ah oh, it's class. yeah but i it, it's one of those things. At least I was introduced. Yes. So exactly. at least I got to appreciate and then exactly. And then be able to separate and be like, all right, so now what did she do? <laughs> and let <laughs> me listen to her music. Right. Because <laughs> she's a badass.
1: <laughs> I
0: didn't realize that, that she had the nickname mama, mama Africa. Africa. It's the way she's introduced in the Paul Simon video. And I don't know at what point she started to adopt it, but I think it was when she was in Ghana. And I think is when she was touring specifically around African okay. uh, countries because it was, she wanted to represent Africa, not yeah. just South Africa, which right. she wasn't because a lot of people would be like, she's exiled from South Africa. It's like introducing her as what she can't do is you know what i mean almost diminishing yeah Yeah. exactly so i think she kind of took on uh the the moniker to be like no i want to represent this more (laughs) yes (laughs) of what i can do instead of what i can't do (laughs) well that wraps it up for us for african gals month join us next monday as we kickstart women's history month with science